The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Navigating the journey called life doesn't get any easier as we move through it, but we can learn from what we have within us to make it more enjoyable in the long run. Welcome to Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Your host is Alexandra Janelli. In our program, we set out to provide you with the undiscovered wisdom within you to handle even life's bumpy spots. Now, here is the host, founder and practitioner of Theta Spring, Alexandra Janelli. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mental Sherpa Show with your host, Alexandra Janelli. Today, we're going to be talking about a bit of a controversial topic, which not everyone's comfortable talking about, which is sex and relationships and the vulnerability within them. And I wanted to bring on a special guest to help me host this show, which is Brianna Rodriguez, who was in season four as a digital storyteller. But what Brianna also does is she hosts um, a blog uh, with Vila, talking about, you know, sex and relationships as well. And then our special guest that we have with us today to talk about a whole unique area within the section, sex and relationship arena is uh, Mistress Mona Rogers, who is a dominatrix. And I wanted to bring Mona on because I had gone with a couple of my friends to a workshop and lecture that she'd given on the art of kink that came out around the time Fifty Shades of Grey was becoming popular. And I went in with pretty much an open mind if I was going to learn something. But what I learned uh, during this workshop was quite interesting. And my preconceived notions and expectations, I guess, that I did have around what a dominatrix does and S&M and the whole uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, what it lightened was I was completely off about a lot of this. And I thought it would be interesting to bring her on uh, as an expert in her field to talk a bit about, you know, what what does happen and to sort of put that out there as well. So, Brianna, welcome. Hi again. And then... Mistress Mona, welcome. Hello. Um, I was hoping you could start by telling us a bit about just the general art of kink, like you had in the workshop that I went to a couple years ago. Sure. Um, a lot of people have a misconception about what exactly BDSM is. BDSM is a specific genre of things that are kind of underneath the umbrella of kink. So a lot can be found within the acronym itself. Uh, BDSM stands for bondage, discipline, domination, submission, sadism, and masochism. So the kind of idea of that specific area of kink revolves around things like servitude, pain and pleasure, restriction. There's a whole gamut of different things within yeah. that industry. And a lot of people really don't understand why something like servitude would be. Well, it's just not talked about that much, right? It's not yeah. the norm per se. I, it, I mean, it's not talked about, but we actually, the 
power exchange, we live day to day. Right. We really do, but there is just not a focus. The thing about BDSM is, is that we're choosing to focus on this is what this is. Right. We are having this power exchange and that's why we're here. So we're, we're open about it and we can talk about it in our day to day lives. We don't talk about that stuff. We don't talk about the power exchange that we might have with our boss or the power exchange with the snotty person that's getting you coffee. Right. You know, when our <laughs> egos come into play and we exactly. have to sort of step it off. Exactly. And, and feathers. You even have the permission within that uh, relationship to like own that you liked, like either like submitting to someone or like being done. Like there's, you're allowed, you're allowed yes. and open to be like, you're this allowed. is what I want to do. So it sounds like, in essence, what you do for your job and in your profession is you're providing a space for people to explore some of these maybe more out there things that aren't within the common sexual zone. Yeah, I definitely say that I create experiences for Mm -hmm. my clients, um, you know, tailored to what their interests are, likes and limits. Um, You know, same thing with my likes and limits. If I have a client that's into something specific that I'm not into, I might refer him to somebody else, Um, you know. But it's one of those things of like, you have to, you have to, yeah, definitely share common interests. And to be able to create this experience Experience. for So it is about an experience. And I guess one of the first questions that I have for you, and I'm sure it might vary within the industry, but um, when I brought up that I was going to interview you, a a couple people were like, oh, well, do they sleep with... There's a misconception that you guys sleep with your clientele. Right. Um, Some providers are full service. I myself am not. Um, I think that's all... Up to the individual, again, my likes and limits within a session can be totally different from somebody else's. Um, So, yes, you know, if a client, again, is looking for a little bit extra or a full service type situation, then I'll just refer him to somebody that I know offers that. But it's, again, if we have to respect their boundaries, they have to respect our boundaries. So there's a lot of respect within this relationship that you're building with your clients. Yeah, I mean, that's the foundation. Respect and trust is the foundation of, well, should be the foundation of any relationship, period. (laughs) (laughs) But that, again, it's a really big focus within the exchange of BDSM because, you know, you really have to, you're exploring something that can be dangerous. And if it isn't done right, or, you know, a person could mentally have a reaction to something like if they're mentally pushed too far to sure. like with things like humiliation um so you really have to be careful and you have to have trust in the person that you're playing with well i thought it was so interesting when i had gone and i actually after the workshop and lecture went up to speak with uh mistress mona because there was so much about your profession and what you do within that relationship where you have to really be attentive. I mean, if you're, as you had mentioned in bondage, right? If you're tying someone's hands together, you need to make sure that their hands aren't tied too tight, uh, right. that the blood's moving. Are they getting anxious and watching their breathing patterns? And it's very similar when I'm doing hypnosis with a client too. You need to watch to make sure they're not getting anxious or if they are, how you begin to sort of tend to them and take care of them in that way. Because they have to trust you. Yeah, definitely. They they totally have to trust you. But it's also... Like, they're there for a reason. Or you're playing for a reason, period. You know, and when you're 
when you're doing that, it's supposed to be, we call it play for a reason. Because yeah, it's supposed to be that. fun. It's it's not supposed to be something super serious. I always say I take what I do seriously because, yes, you have to learn your skill set and you have to learn the technical aspects of all this stuff so you don't hurt someone and, right. you, and you know how and you know what you're doing. But I don't take myself that seriously. I laugh all right. the time. It's kind of ridiculous. But, but yeah, when I'm playing, you know, I always play with intention. Like, what do I want this person to feel? What type of experience right. do I want them to have? And then so within that context, like, yeah, maybe I want them to get anxious at certain points, but not enough to where they're going to, have like totally. a panic attack. Yeah, have like a panic attack or maybe become like too overwhelmed or maybe want a safe word or something like that. Like those are the things that you do not want to happen at right. all. You I like that you call it playing because yeah. I think in so many people's minds, you know, that this whole S&M and everything comes from such a place of pain and right. fear. Right. And like you're there to punish and shame well, or I mean, it might be. Sometimes you are if that's yeah. your thing. Right. You right. know, but also a lot of stuff that's in BDSM, it's it's a mind fuck. It really is. It's just it's about the mind fuck. It is about getting your pulse racing and getting you a little worked up, you know. Right. But all in good fun, because again, we're aware of the focus. The mind fuck when you right. get hit with it in, you know, real life and you're like, wait, I did not sign up for this. But however, if you're, you know, doing a scene, if you're playing and you're like, yeah, I'm really into that kind of stuff. Again, right. you're doing it in a safe environment with somebody that, you know, hopefully you trust. Yep. So, and we're doing it in regular relationships too. Like I think yeah. in order for someone to come down to the level of low, I'm ready to explore the idea of PDSM. Like there is an awareness of how you function in your life and the things and the limits in which you like to push. And so like in your healthy relationships, there's a little bit of, oh, okay, yeah, I'll let you like spank me, like, you know, from behind, like, you know, something right. soft or like, oh yeah, I'll like play in costume and I'll pretend to be nurse. And, you know, everyone's constantly pushing their boundaries in normal, healthy relationships anyway. There's nothing to be quite scared of. If anything, it's like someone who's aware of how fast they can drive on the Autobahn and they decide yeah. to take a chance and go, all right, mm-hmm. I'm going to get the fastest car and I'm going to see how far I can go. And the nice thing about that is that usually it's you can be okay and safe versus driving super fast. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a difference there, but different. yeah, that's what I kind of found like in just in my well, column. I mean, again, like, like you said, it's that adrenaline rush. Yeah. And it is that little bit of the unknown and that adrenaline rush we equate in a lot of the workshops that I do exploring BDSM to rock climbing or to like extreme sports because there is risk involved. However, if you're doing it with somebody that's trained yep. or if you take the time to train yourself mm-hmm. and you're playing safe, sane, consensually, you're definitely reducing that risk of, but you, but you still have, you know, that, yeah, the that rush. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's supposed to be fun. I think there's such a stigma even just around sex in general. I know that there's so many people who grow up where it's like, Good girls don't have sex. Right. Um, I mean, women women don't enjoy sex. You right, know, right. we don't have sex drives. We don't have fantasies. We're just... Right. Completely. Yeah. So or, or men can't be submissive. That's not okay for them. Men can't have those desires within that. You know, right. the, the structure of society and what they decide to dictate to us about our sexuality 
get the fuck out of here. I mean, that's true, too. Like, so many limiting beliefs. Yeah, we're yeah. not believing that either. Like, I think we're, consci- we're consciously, like, with ourselves all day long. And we know like, if we're someone who's making a decision nonstop, like, in our day-to-day lives, sometimes it feels really good to just hand the reins over to someone and be like, please mind fuck me. Like, I, I, I'm yeah. like, break, you know? Like, or to just, at the same time, like, if you don't have a voice in life, sometimes it is very fun to get into the bedroom and play and be like, no, now I'm going to snatch it all for myself. Like, that yeah. mentally feels good. Like, it, and if you can connect that to, like, all of your androgynous zones, like, all of a sudden, your orgasms become a thousand times better. It's the same way we're like, I like having orgasms when I'm in love with him. Like, it ain't no different. Like, it's no, all... Yeah. I mean, and especially for women, we have oxytocin, so we can pretend <laughs> we're in love with you for that moment because that's what it feels like. But, um, people forget that our brain is our largest sex organ and that's another great thing about BDSM is that it stimulates all your senses, sight, smell, you know, taste, touch, all that stuff. Like you can play around with all those different kinds of things and also the restriction of those different things too. Right. <laughs> Would you say that a majority of your clientele are men? Is it mostly men? Do you get women? Um, I'm not saying that women do, do not hire professionals, but I feel like in the genre of sex work in general, men, women don't pay for sexual services very often. Got it. It does happen, but not very often. I... Have I personally have never had just a female client approach me. Um, well, I would be totally open to it, by the way, ladies. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've, I've definitely played with couples. I enjoy doing couple sessions. I enjoy. What's a couple session look like? Ooh, that's fun. Well, you know, obviously, more people involved, the crazier the dynamics can get. So, for example, like I can talk to both of them at the same time or I can have just one person watch me top the other one I can have what do you mean by top just for my listeners who might yeah topping um, so there's two well there's more than two but um, a couple of the specific relationships in BDSM there's the dominant submissive which that works around the the idea of the power exchange more specifically. And then there's topping and bottoming and that works around the exchange of sensations. So you can be a top, but not necessarily be dominant or you could be a bottom and not necessarily be submissive. You so just it's like, not necessarily like yeah, the catcher in the pitcher and... Well, it is, I mean, oh, no, 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 yeah, no, I mean, but it could be that too. <laughs> but yeah, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes the top is a top because they're just... They like to be the ones that are giving whatever it is that they're giving, and the bottom okay. just happens to be the one receiving. Receiving. Okay, so it's the giving and receiving sort of angle yeah. of it. Okay, yeah. got it. So within a couple's session, mm-hmm. you, there's just more role-playing. There's a lot of different... Do you sort of act as like the ringleader, saying, like, I want you to do this? And Well, yeah, if, if I'm topping both of them... So there's been... I've done a couple of different things. I've done sessions where I've topped both of them at the same time. I've done other sessions where I've topped one of the partners and then they top the other one. So it was like, yeah, this chain of command type situation. (laughs) And then I did another one where we both teamed up on him because I was kind of giving her lessons at the same time. So yeah, there's so many different things that can be explored in so many different kind of um, ways you can put it together. That's also another thing that I find really fascinating about 
about BDSM and this sort of kink in general is because there's just so many options. Right. And also you have to get, you have to know how to get the right information from people and learn how to ask the right questions when you're negotiating and you're, you know, you're, you're talking about all this kind of stuff. Um, and it really, it's really beneficial for communication in general with people. Tell me a little bit about that, um, communication aspect of it. Like you spend time with them ahead of time, right? And just sort of like understand like why they're pursuing you. Um, I mean, I'm so efficient at this point (laughs) that yeah, I, I feel like as long as I have a general idea, um, like for example, I had somebody, um, email me very, very recently and he told me that he's been playing for about two years. He's kind of new to the scene. You know, he's still experiencing some stuff. He likes his limits to be pushed a little bit, but not too far because then it throws him out of his headspace and he's not really that into pain yet and so on and so forth. And, but it was kind of just like, okay, so I get what you like, but like, why are you doing this? Because right. like, do you want a role play? Like what... Like, what is your motivation for this? Because, again, I like to play from a space of intent, which is something right. that um, one of my colleagues, uh, Ms. Troy Orleans, talks about. And so for me, it's, it is important to know not just what to do, but why I'm doing it. So I had to go back and ask him. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, when, why did you start exploring this? Um, do you consider yourself submissive? And do you have any particular goals in regard to your play? Like, do you want to work up to have a higher tolerance and being able to take pain? Do you want to learn protocol and servitude? Like, what are you kind of looking for? And then he just emailed me back, you know, kind of like a general of like, um, no, I don't really have goals, you know, it's just like fun. Like, uh, it's relaxing. So I'm like, okay, so you just like sensual stuff and it's a little break from your every day and to blow off some steam. Cool. Let's do that. You know, like sometimes it doesn't always have to be like this crazy intense of like, yes, I want you to train me for, you know, however long and mold me into this, whatever. I mean, that's fun too. (laughs) But it's learning about what the intentions are for them in their space. Yeah. Because I mean, no matter who you're playing with, like say, for example, if you're playing with a foot fetishist, if the person's really into feet and they're a fetishist, they just want feet. They don't want all the other bells and whistles and hoops and crap that they have to jump through to get to your feet. So you have to kind of keep that in mind of like, okay, well, you want to worship my feet? Well, you know, I might make you do like one or two things that are like foot oriented mm-hmm. before I let you like kiss them or touch them or whatever, right. you know, just to kind of amuse myself. Sure. But I <laughs> can't playing. Yeah. But I can't, I can't push them. Yeah. Cause there, there has to be reciprocity in the situation. So we're going to talk more about these interesting relationships and dynamics within this relationship you build with your clientele when we come back from the break. So we will be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Visit the Theta Spring Hypnosis Store to find out more about our home hypnosis programs and detox systems. Our hypnosis programs bring the power of our therapy to the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device. Our detox system has been formulated as the first ever mind and body detox. The Burn and Build Body 14-Day Anti-Aging Detox Kit is a food-based detox that has an optional subconscious support program. Stay committed and create sustainable change while cleansing your body. Visit thetaspring.com forward slash store. We have a special 15% discount for our listeners. Use promo code VA15 at checkout. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We go through all kinds of challenges in life. How we deal with them is a different story. If we carry them on our shoulders, we can experience health problems, relationship issues, and other negative aspects these challenges can pose. Jeanette Abney's Precious Predicaments is here to help you pick up and sort out the pieces through education and encouragement. You don't have to live in fear and pain. Let's find solutions together. Precious Predicaments is heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to ajanelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to The Mental Sherpa Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. If we haven't scared you off already, we're going to continue our conversation with Mistress Mona Rogers, who's a dominatrix, a professional dominatrix here in Manhattan, and our special guest host, Brianna Rodriguez, who works for Viva La um, and also has her own company as well. So, Brianna, I wanted to turn it over to you because some of your readers might have some interesting things, along with my listeners, that you... I'm going to pass the mic to you to... Yeah, I think this was the thing I was really interested in when we were talking about meeting today. Is I, uh, from what I understand, I think the profession you're in actually helps people move through some incredible times in their lives. Not only Definitely. through periods of stress or like emotional distress, but also, you know, it's a space where they can sort of have room to say, I like something and I kind of don't want to keep it inside a closet anymore. Like... What are some experiences that you've had with that where maybe you've helped, like, does that happen that you help yeah, people move I've, through stuff? I've definitely, um, I've had situations like, for example, you know, there's that cliche of, oh, well, men that are in power in their day-to-day life, you know, mm-hmm. they like to be submissive behind closed doors and stuff like that. And it is true to a certain extent. Um, but you also have to remember, like, for every yin there is a yang. So... 
you need to be able to get that energy out somehow. You can't be one thing all the time, no matter how strong you want to be in life and no matter how strong you actually are. Mm-hmm. We're all gonna have our moments. So, well, it's not about like even being strong. Like the idea of being submissive is isn't that kind of the idea of like, oh, I just want to trust somebody in some sort. Of oh way? yeah, and especially a lot of people don't really realize how how powerful it is when somebody chooses to be a submissive. And you would think like, oh well, you know, they're putting themselves in a vulnerable, weak position, but. Being vulnerable actually takes a lot of courage. It sure does. I see it in my office all the time, and people are like, why can't I be more vulnerable, too? And there's a whole pattern in history. I mean, nothing happens suddenly. You don't just become vulnerability (laughs) averse. But I'm assuming you're helping people. You're giving people a space to be vulnerable in a safe and fun way. And they're powerful. Yeah, definitely. I definitely give them an outlet. And sometimes it's like... I mean, things like the sadomasochistic aspect of BDSM, and I can speak to this firsthand also, is that there have been times in my life where I've bottomed that I was tearing myself up mentally and emotionally, you know, just chasing my own tail, being horrible to myself for no reason, for dumb dumb stuff in life, you know. Y'all do it. And yeah, and I was like, you know, I didn't have a therapist at the time and I didn't really know what to do with myself. And I used to work with this really, really talented woman um, when I lived out in LA. And, you know, she she offered to play with me. She's like, you need to get some of that energy out. She put my ass. Holy <laughs> shit, she put my ass. And, but you know what? Oh, because of like, I had such a cathartic release from that. I cried my eyes out. Like, but then at the end, you know, when she did aftercare, like, you know, I'm sitting there like snotting in her lap and she's like, you know, just touching my hair, telling me how good I did. And, and it was, you know, like your endorphins are going, your adrenaline is going and I'm screaming and it was just so primal and it was just like so it's not so does that come from a place of pain sort of in terms of that specific incident this is sort of like she beat your ass in terms of like there was whipping or I mean yeah tell me in in that was something you asked for or she she I mean she was just one of those people like she could just see it all over you and she just knew what you needed and I mean like magic and at Magic. what point in terms of that relationship would she have known like you were at your breaking point, right? Because you even see in Fifty Shades of Grey, there's, right. there's a point where she starts to reach her breaking point. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things of like you you watch body language, um, you know, how a person's breathing, how they're responding. If, you know, they were, if their body language towards you is more open and now all of a sudden they're like pulling in on themselves and like recoiling or if they're having problems catching their breath or, you know, they look like they're straining too much or something like that. You have to, it's also like riding a roller coaster. You have to like, you know, have those a couple of, you know, slow moments before you get sucked off into the, other, the next loop or whatever the case may be. So yeah, it's just, it's just kind of like, just, just being in tune and paying attention. You know, some people are very intuitive and some people, you know, you kind of have to learn how to read people. And at what point, like, if what, what's the protocol if at one point you're like, I don't like this and I want to stop? Is that like the whole safe word? Oh, yeah, thing? That's, that's, that's definitely the whole safe word thing. Um, but again, you know, everything is generally pre-negotiated beforehand and that's why we don't 
you know, and that's why limits have to be respected and things of that nature. Like if somebody says to me like, oh, I'm not into, like I can't have marks or, you know, whatever the case may be. I have to respect that. Right. Because... And you have you know, to know how they mark. Yeah, and you have, and you have. So you have to again with a lot of control. Like, okay, well, I'm going to start out, and you know, you know, maybe with just a light spanking, and see how their skin responds. Right. And you know, okay, well, then maybe I can move into like a little bit of a leather paddle. You know, and then also knowing your equipment too, because like you know, certain paddles, certain floggers, certain whatever, like sometimes two swipes they're going to take skin <laughs> off you know no matter how tough of a leather bottom uh you know your, your partner is like yeah you just you really have to know what you're doing right but that's interesting that you had the experience with this that it was able to heal you a little bit as well oh um, yeah and there's you know there's a lot of my clients that i can see they come in and they're like so uptight and they're you know frustrated about stuff and we do our scene and we play and i push them and you know, I challenge them and I make them get it out. And then they're like, they're like a new person leaving. You can, you can totally see it all over them. They're like, holy shit, that's exactly what I needed, <laughs> you know. Because I feel like if you, if you don't work through your stuff, and this, this is not just about BDSM, this is about life in general too. If you don't work through your stuff, it's going to manifest itself in all kinds of other crazy counterproductive yeah. sort of ways. So you got to handle your shit. And if this works for you... What power to you? So there's a lot of stress that comes out within these sessions. It can be, yeah. Wow. I never even thought of it that way in terms of, you know, but I guess a lot of people use sex or even masturbation as a stress release. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, if we are, if we subscribe to the theory that we are made of energy, you know, and when we go through life and sometimes, you know, if if we're angry, right? We like, we, we clench up our bodies and we hold it really tight, you know, yeah. or if we're in a situation where we really, really want to speak up and we don't, cause someone's like kind of barked it down. Like we kind of like hold maybe in yeah. our throat, like our voices back and like our energy, it like, you know, it bonds to itself. It releases, it moves, it shifts. And yeah. if you're going through these situations that, where your energy is so constipated in one place, like, you know, that's why masturbation kind of feels good. And that's why people say they do it multiple times on a Sunday. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I think it helps them move that energy around. And in the same way, like sometimes just because of the way your brain thinks, the way that yeah. your life operates, sometimes you just need something deeper to shake you out. It's, yeah. it's just no different than Yeah. What has it been like for you to actually move into also sort of the teaching realm in terms of the workshop that I went to, to have yeah. sort of this whole light being shed into your industry, especially you must have seen a change with the whole Fifty Shades of Grey coming out. Um... As far as the workshops go, yes. As far as my clients go, no, because again, like, right. it, you know, the dude wasn't submissive and again, submissive men still don't really have a voice. Right. You know, so that's kind of how I see about that. So there's your next book idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, no, but that, you know, and there are books like that out there, um, you know, they right. just are better written and unfortunately I you know so what have you got what's the feedback you've gotten from the workshop that you've done um I've just that I think part of the things that makes the workshops that I do um with the company Dami Dolls what makes them special is that we're very approachable we're not like you know decked out in leather and totally. you know like 
sometimes if you there are a lot of other resources out there that you can learn from and there's a lot of other like lifestyle groups and kind of community groups but sometimes they they can be a little intimidating and they can be really full on and so that's why we try to present it in a very real introductory sort of level so and i can vouch for this when i went i was like this could be totally freaky deaky yeah and it was so well done and orchestrated that it felt very like anyone can go and it was very easy to understand it wasn't they weren't throwing needles at you and being like right. here we're gonna take the whips and spurs and the the really heavy heaviness of all yeah. of that. It was really simplified to like, how can you take this home to your relationship? I yeah. think a lot of it was very simplified into like, and like you can, you can get crazy and you can have the cage and the gimp and all that stuff if that's what you want. Right. Um, but it is like you are, everyone has to start somewhere is what I look at it. So what I like to do in my classes is kind of just talking about like what kink is getting you in the right mindset what it's really about and you know here are a couple little like tips and tricks to kind of like get your toes wet to see where you want to go with this it's really about just you know putting some ideas in your head right and right. getting you thinking in the right direction in a, in a healthy sort of context of it I love that idea and I loved going to it it was really really awesome I can't tell you how interesting it was even the different tips and tools and stuff that you know my friends and I all left with which was great what stuck with you I have to say the most interesting thing you always think of bondage I mean it was really the bondage portion of it I mean you really just think of being tied up as this like uncomfortable like handcuff kind of thing but there's a real trick to how you tie the ropes and yeah. like how you make sure that they're like secured in like a safe way and how to I do it. Bondage. I love bondage. It's the best hug I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> so good. So good. I think that's a, the thing that, you know, it's, it's so silly because not even all bondage has to happen with ropes. Like, no, you know, not at all. I actually, yeah, I actually, a lot of the bondage that I do on my clients or my partners is like I do a lot of leather bondage I do a lot of you know cuffs restraints and stuff like that Mm -hmm. I do like I actually take all the elements I'm not like a strictly rope person because I just haven't been super trained in that particular area right it's very basic tell me that's a great question and I didn't even think of it training how how does one be trained in your profession is it I mean you don't go to school for this no well no my my situation was a little bit unique because when I first started professionally it was more it was actually for more personal reasons I just didn't know anybody in the lifestyle or not that anybody that I knew was like really open about it um, and I didn't really know where to go so I kind of just found myself like you know looking up stuff online and mm-hmm. I did wind up getting hired by this one dungeon but the thing and a dungeon that, just to clarify for listeners is oh yeah the dungeon is like well there's, there's two different kinds of dungeons um, you know there's like private and commercial so the commercial is what I'm talking about so this is where um, there's a number of 
ladies or providers in general that work for that space. I mean, we're still independent contractors, but that's like our home base. And then there's other like private it's studios. Like the playroom. Yeah, it's, it's all the playrooms and, you know, it's, it's the facility. It's like we work for uh, the, you know, predominate predominatrices. Predominate yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Basically. It is. Um, but yeah, so where I got hired um, was not really typical because a lot of the places that are more commercial and that will hire you in that way, they're like, okay, put on your outfit. Here's a flogger. Go in that room. There's a client. Mm-hmm. From the experiences that I've heard. So right. if you really do want to learn, you have to hopefully be cool enough to make friends with any of the other ladies that actually know what they're doing right. and have them mentor you. Um, the place that I worked at, it was not like that. Like you had to take classes and they had like, you know, um, a certain ladies that were like in charge of certain areas of play. And so if you didn't take so-and-so's class, you couldn't do that type of session. And you, wow. it was like on this big, you know, whiteboard of like, well, Mona corporate. <laughs> yes. No, it, but it should be. It's such health. It's so It important. is. It is. And I feel like, you know what? I was a little bit older when I first started doing this. I was like 20, 25, 26. So, for me, I already had some life experience and I also had, you know, professional experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, just out in the real world. Um, so even though I was doing this personally, it was still like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to be working. Like, I need to be a professional about this kind of stuff. But I also think that when things are run a certain way, it's like, yes, there's a right way to do this and let's have some integrity about what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes with, you know, people that start this stuff in a professional capacity really young and they don't have that life experience, it's like, you have to give them guidance. Like, you can't, this can't just be a freaking free-for-all. Like, you have to give them guidance. You really do. Because, you know... You don't have, you just don't have that life experience. The word integrity, that was exactly what popped into my mind in terms of even in the workshop and from talking with you, there's so much where you have to have a level of integrity Mm -hmm. going into, because you're playing with people's minds. I mean, yeah. And you're playing with their emotions and it's got to be safe and it has to, you know. Right. I mean, that's how I look at it. You know, there are some providers out there that, you know, do the typical, like, oh, I'm a man hater and you're, you know, yeah, you're just like, give me your money and shut up and whatever, you know, like that kind of stuff. And you know, that works for some people too whatever that does not resonate with me at all so it's creating that integrity the caring space for people yeah because I I just look at it as in you know the whole again energy exchange if I want to be respected on a certain level then I have to give that back to the person that I'm playing with right you know even if that sounds purely selfish whatever that's fine too (laughs) you know there's always a method to my madness or a reason for it anyway well that's no different than most people in their professions like especially if you care about what you do you do kind of invest your own personal energy into it so that it speaks to you when you go home and on your your pillow at night and you're eating your dinner you're like I earned this money in a way that I respect so when we come back from the break we're gonna actually talk with Mistress Mona about some things that you can maybe bring into your relationship some tips and tools uh, and takeaways that maybe you can begin to think about or bring into your relationships at home should you want to we'll be right back 
world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Visit the Theta Spring Hypnosis Store to find out more about our home hypnosis programs and detox systems. Our hypnosis programs bring the power of our therapy to the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device. Our detox system has been formulated as the first ever mind and body detox. The Burn and Build Body 14-Day Anti-Aging Detox Kit is a food-based detox that has an optional subconscious support program. Stay committed and create sustainable change while cleansing your body. Visit thetaspring.com forward slash store. We have a special 15% discount for our listeners. Use promo code VA15 at checkout. Tune in to The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life. Learn about what isn't being said in business that keeps you stuck, under-recognized, and overlooked. Listen in on the exciting, sometimes awkward, and often sensitive subjects that aren't covered during the 9 to 5. What should be? Transform from being stuck to being sought after with Lori's proven concepts. Revolutionize the way you work and up-level your professional presence with the expert in professionalism, Lori Moss. The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. Can be heard every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people, your environment, fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aginelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to The Mental Sherpa Show. Welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Alexandra Janelli, back from the break with Brianna Rodriguez and Mistress Mona Rogers. Um, it was really interesting during the break. We were all chatting, and Brianna was laughing because she said, you know, it's so funny. I'm coming at this from, oh, my God, this is such a place of health, and I'm coming at it going, wow, this is just so interesting in terms of like sexual revolution and evolution. And we realized as we were talking that I come from a very different standpoint on sex, which is a little bit more conservative than Brianna might. And we started having a conversation about it. Brianna's just sitting here (laughs) laughing all together. (laughs) But tell me, tell me about that for you. You Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think it's, you know, my experience in um, writing the column and working on Zenfly and the content that my audience really gravitates towards is that 
people deeply long to express what's inside of them. They and they don't really want to be judged for it. That's why people love wine and painting classes because they just they, there's something inside that they want out. And so I think that's what I love so much about what Mistress Mona does because like and we were talking about when you remove the sex out of it, you are giving people space to just vibrate openly and positively and happily. And we need that. Without that, it's so hard to function. Yeah. But then it was really funny because then Mona and I were talking about how you know it's interesting that a woman could separate the two like yeah like BDSM and sex they're totally different it's this space where you get to do you know yada yada and she's like yeah except dudes like totally make that up <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I do find that you know for women they can have an amazing scene and they're good for men they can have an amazing scene yet they still need to get off are they still want? Are they still want to have sex afterwards? Right. Um, you know, different strokes for different folks. But it's also, you know, everybody seems to think like, oh, well, that's what BDSM is about. Like, it's about like you know, just this really elaborate way to have sex. Right. No, it's it's really it's so much more than that, though. Yeah, and it know? was funny because we're like, I'm saying like women can separate the two, right? And then men can't. But then in love, like women can't separate sex and love, or they struggle with it. Versus men, right. like oh, it was totally different. Totally like, different. I just, right, right. Like, I do, and I never want to again, see that again, again, oxytocin, <laughs> things like that. There are these like chemical reactions that happen in our bodies, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, you just touch us, you're opening Pandora's box, man. But like lotus <laughs> open. Yeah. So. <laughs> For the person who's just beginning to even think about the idea of trying out something with a dominatrix or within their relationship yeah. in the BDSM, BDSM, totally messing that up, but <laughs> in that world, yeah. what would you what would you tell them? Um, well, again, start with a good negotiation. That's where everything starts. So it and starts with a conversation. It starts with, with a conversation partner. with your partner and mm-hmm. as you know, you mentioned that we don't want we don't want to be judged when it comes to our sex lives or our procli- certain proclivities towards certain things. Right. And that is something that's really really important. So when you're sitting down and you're having this conversation with your client or your partner, you cannot be judgmental. You have to come from a space of being open-minded. So that doesn't also that also doesn't mean that you have to accept exactly everything that they say. So, like for example, if my partner was like, "Oh, I'm really into X, Y, and Z," and I'm like, "Okay, I'm totally down with X and Y, but Z is not right. my thing." But there's also but that's why they call it a negotiation because you're talking about these things and you're figuring out like, is there a way that we can make this work? So for example, I had, you know, a lover of mine that he was into a couple of things that I really wasn't this into. This is non-client. No, this is non-client. Yeah, this is, yeah. And um, so instead of completely denying him things that were hard limits for me, we would, like, I wouldn't let him physically do it, but we would talk about it yeah, like yeah. It, like a lot of dirty talk in you know the Around whole situation yeah like I don't like facials I don't like anything on my <laughs> face <laughs> stay away from my face right. but we would talk about it like oh yeah come on my face it's awesome it's, but, you know, but he knew he wasn't allowed to do it but so you know it's different it's how you approach it I it is yeah it's, it's totally how you approach it and there's and 
you know, and also going into it with the idea of like, this is for fun. This is for mutual reciprocity. So again, if you have a partner that's like a foot fetishist and you're like, okay, well, I'm not really so into feet and, but do you want to like deny your partner like this simple request, you know, unless that is like a real hard limit for you, then I understand that too. And you know, then you work at it. But like, say for, for me, like I love foot rubs. I don't always like my feet being kissed, but I love foot rubs. So you know what? If you want to kiss my feet, then you got to at least rub my feet first. So negotiation. Yeah. You make a negotiation about it. Um, and I think, I'm sorry, but like, I also think the one thing that, because I've been in similar situations, in fact, the last two right. like sick lovers that I've had have had a really varied interest in terms of like what it is that they wanted to explore. And again, you go through the list right. and I think, you know, if you're trying to bring something into your bedroom, the most important thing is not only to like be able to talk about your list, but to be able to receive your partner's list as well and just yeah. make it so NBD. It's like, okay, you know what? Like I kind of am down for like pegging you, but I'm really not into, you know, like running a train with like six people. Like, right, so can, right, we just, right, right. can we just, how about you watch a porn about it? And then we do this and like, yeah. you start really throwing things on the table. But the minute you say, ew, you want that? Like, that's what happened. You're putting such a block up. Yeah, and that's... Well, and it comes from a place within. Yes. Therapy point of view on this side of the table and coaching side. It's like your denial of that is coming from a place within you as well to inspect, like, what is it about that that is such a turnoff or making you have such a visceral reaction to it? And you also have to, like, look at things in the greater context of life. Like, okay, your partner is like, I might be into fisting. Cool. But for some people, that'll weird them out. But then at the same time, it's not like they're telling you that they're going to run off and join ISIS or like they're going to vote for Trump or something right. like that. It's or like something like insane. It's not like they want to do... They can still even be able to express something to you and you'd be like, I'm not down for it, but like, you, why don't you watch a porn? But yeah, yeah, they come back. It's no like... And then you, then you also have to turn the tables on yourself and put yourself in, in their situation because you are in their situation They're too. They're vulnerable, but you're letting yourself be, be vulnerable also. So it's like, if you're going to respond to your partner that way, how would you feel if they responded to you that way? Exactly. Like, you just have to, you have to think about that kind of stuff too, yeah. you know, do unto others. Exactly. If you start with that communication really nice, like that's like that makes everything afterwards like so much easier because then you have the trust. Like there's some real keys to having an open, you know, relationship like this. It's you know, allow yourself to be vulnerable. Take out the judgment, leave that sort of at home. Communication is key. And and then all these things are what builds trust and as trust is built within, you know, your relationship and it might just be starting focused around play. It's going to spill over into other areas of your relationship totally. too. And it's going to strengthen your communication too. across the board. For people as they build confidence, you know, I know I come from a more sexual conservative background, but it's like you begin to build this confidence around your body and like yeah. oh things like that too. Like over the, so like over the summer, like I dated someone who and the idea of play was kind of within the relationship and it was really fun and it was long distance because I was not ready to see him in person and he was like fine. And so the neat thing about that was is 
as we kind of did this idea of play, um, I found other aspects of my life, like Snap too, for instance. Mm. Um, there's this idea that I would not be able to respond back to him more than seven characters, like while in play. Like I had to be short and pithy. And I'm a writer. So I got off on that majorly. Oh, wow. And then That's I'm so in my cool. emails at work in the office being like, okay, these three paragraphs are way too long. How can I say this shorter? How can I be pithy? Like, how can I, like, say what I want as I want it? Right. There was things that that relationship taught me where I spoke up more. And I, like, um, yeah. I, I then I began to understand where I had this lack of self-confidence that someone could, like, actually suit like that I can actually trust someone where that relationship taught me that I can, I have to exude, you know, the assumption first that that's available to me. And I think in terms of the mental Sherpa show, I know Mm -hmm. this is a little out there and a little uh, rogue for us to be doing on the show, but sex is an important part, you know, exploration and playing. And this is just another way, a tool, should you decide you want to try it, to build a relationship with yourself in a new way too. Mm -hmm. Just begin to explore, be curious, open up an area in your life to say, you know, what would this be like? You don't have to take it. And we certainly don't push our belief systems onto anybody, but it's just an idea. And as Brianna had mentioned, you're getting to know a different part of yourself altogether that does let you show up differently in the universe. That doesn't mean you need to go, you know, fisting everybody in your life, (laughs) but it just, it's going to help you grow in a whole new way that you might not even anticipate. And I see that with my hypnosis clients. They're like, I came in for smoking, but God, I feel much more confident now that I've quit in so many areas of my life. It wasn't really about the smoking at all. How funny. So it's so, it's fun to sort of get this idea of, you know, it's just another avenue to explore. It really snaps your energy around. And so then you get freed up to try more things yeah and and you you learn so much about yourself like i am definitely more confident in myself i have um it was like a a missing puzzle piece you know i've always had a very dominant personality but i didn't have the right outlet for it and now that i have the right outlet for it i definitely feel a little bit more at peace with myself and i don't feel like i'm fighting myself as much um like I could imagine it's similar to people who are homosexual, who it's like there's this component of like not feeling like themselves until one day they're like, okay, like right. they openly accept like there's a component of me and right. now it's like they just feel so much wholer and for, or for you, you know, I, I look back at my past, I was a pretty adamant child. <laughs> <And> <laughs> like I didn't want to conform to what my parents were telling me to do. And I realized recently, I'm like, I'm just someone I know how, how to take care of myself. I know what to do, but I just need sometimes someone to hold a space for that. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, and again, that's what I always say that I do. I just hold space for whatever it is that my client or my play partner wants. Um, you know, well, more specifically, my client, when I play my personal life, it's, you know, it's a little bit different. It's different. I'm not providing a service when right. I'm providing a service in a professional session. Um, you know, I play more geared with the client in mind. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just holding space for them to, to explore and to let go of whatever they need to let go or learn whatever they need to learn or just. So if someone, we're just about to wrap up the show with a few minutes left here. If, if a if someone one of my listeners were wanting to think about hiring a dominatrix, mm-hmm. what are a couple of things for them to think about in the hiring process? Um, definitely, don't just look at their pretty pictures on our website. Read, 
do your homework. Look into <laughs> the person that you are, you know, putting yourself in their hands. Right. Make sure that, you know, they have a good reputation. Make sure that they're safe, sane, consensual players. Make sure that they share the same interests. You know, like just looking at a picture and the chick might be hot. Right. You get in that room and, or you make that request and you're like, oh, I want ABC. Right. And she's right. like, oh, I only offer X, Y, and Z. You gotta use the right brain, boo. And, you know, I'm not, <laughs> and it's still, you're here, so fuck you, pay me. You know what I mean? Like, you have to pick, if you're really into bondage, pick somebody that specializes in bondage. You know, not just because she's pretty. Got good tits. You wouldn't <laughs> you know. Like that, that has nothing to do with bondage. Exactly. You wouldn't pick like a pretty person that just randomly fix your plumbing. Like you exactly, pick the best exactly. Or you're not. Yeah. Your I mean, and also, you know, I I hate to say it, but it's like, are you gonna go to Burger King asking for filet mignon? Exactly. Like you got to you got to think about like what level of service you're looking for too, and if the stuff that you're into is advanced, or if you're looking for like this really kind of crazy scenario, you know, you have to, th you have to think about that. Definitely. Well, we're just about to wrap up. And if you ever do want to look up, uh, mistress Mona Rogers, her website is msmonarogers.com. She's here in Manhattan. You do work with clients via Skype. Is that correct? Yes, I do. So if you're anywhere else in the world and you want to sort of know a bit more about her, you can find her on our website. And um, Brianna, I wanted to thank you for coming and being a thank guest host today with me. And Mr. Simona, thank you for sort of letting us into your world today Anytime. and sharing it with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, for my listeners, we'll be back next week and we look forward to hosting you back on the Mental Sherpa Show. Have a great day. Thank you again for tuning into Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli hopes you'll join her for another edition next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a nice week.